Oh man, those were the glory days. Uh, it was the fifth grade, and I started getting a high top haircut, and then I'd overgel it to this synthetic, shiny glory. Why? I have no idea. There was no cultural icon I was attempting to copy or be like. I just wanted to do it. I remember school friends in a fun way saying, Yo, Spike, you got the mots. My spiked haircut uh, definitely was the leading out part of who I was. Uh, Were we having fun? Were they making fun of me when they called me Spike? I don't remember, and it doesn't matter, because I had fun. In the ninth grade, I decided I wanted long, curly hair. So I grew my hair out, in the back, mullet style. Except it wasn't curly, it was just straight. So I did what you do when you need curly hair. I got my friend's mom to perm the back, and then I thought it stuck out too much on the sides when I looked straight at it in the mirror. So I took scissors and cut the sides to match, not thinking about how it looked from the back. And now as the universe is full of strange, ironic twists, I am bald. So yeah, be careful of the chemicals you use on your hair, kids. Or it's from forcing a career direction on my life for over a decade. I'm not sure which. Either way, I still have to use zit pads like I'm in high school on my forehead, where it breaks out, even though I'm going to be 40 in a year. I can't stand to have socks that don't match the pants I'm wearing. It distracts me like I have a giant ball of mucus on my face. I'll research zero-drop shoes for half an hour, but it drives me crazy to waste five minutes during my peak creativity time of the day. I put on my task manager for Saturday to reorganize my closet into days of the week because I want to wake up and grab Monday's clothes without wasting any cognitive bandwidth on what to wear. Let me tell it to you this way. I fly my freak flag. And now it's time for you to get on down with your weird self. See, here's the thing. We've evolved to be driven by the fear that we must at all costs fit in with others. And here's the question I would ask you. I wonder if we've actually calculated that cost. Here's why this is about the section of the podcast we're in now on building a community. I mean, we're talking about learning who you are and being weird and uh, embracing yourself as you are as we close this series out on living with a clear mission and building a healthy community. What does all this have to do with community? See, here's the thing. Faking is tiring, and then you lose energy, and you don't have energy to give to your community. That's the cost of not knowing who you are and living out of your uniqueness, the cost of fitting in, no matter what it takes, it steals your desires. Stuffing your desires down steals from who you are. It steals your fun. You lose that joy. Smoothing off the quirkiness of who you are keeps you from standing out. You lose your uniqueness. So yeah, you want to lose energy. You want to lose joy. You want to lose uniqueness. Fit in at all costs. See, your life, your relationships, and the career or products you build cease to be the unobstructed expression of who you are when they are not true to you. Here's another way of saying it. They aren't your essence, so they become your prison. You end up committing to things that you'll hate later. Hey, I know life is hard. Now, I know what I said last week about enjoying the playground. will surface protest with some. But if you want to experience profound change within yourself that that extends outward to your community, and that's what we're talking about, how to sustain lifelong ability to give 
the quality of who you are to others, if you want to experience profound change that extends outward to your community, then you've got to learn to enjoy your weirdness. (laughs) How? Number one, reject conformity. See, I want you to learn to recognize the pressure around you and within you. The more you can notice and deconstruct the pressure to just fit in, the more you're empowered you will be to figure out who you really are and who you want to become. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there is a pattern to conformity. Uh, you can go back and listen to an earlier podcast on No More Robot Kingdoms. This template has played out in the recent election in the States. This is 2016 when I'm recording this, and so, yeah, there's enough detail for you. But here's the way the pattern of conformity works. Voices of fear stun you. Okay, they're going to shock you so they can influence you. So they're going to stun you so they can influence you. So you'll be corralled into actions out of mass hysteria. So stun you, influence you, corral you into actions. Then your daily rhythms of life reinforce numbing out to keep you from waking up. Look, from 40-hour work weeks to 401k investing, to late credit card bills, to concentration camps. That pattern plays out in big and small ways every day. There are many, many influences trying to get you to conform. Um, I mean, everything. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, if I was the CEO of GE, I would change the way people think about how they're paid, not by the hour, but by the 15 minutes, just to help focus productivity and intensity of effort. Not that that would be a great human thing to do. I'm just saying, why do we think about work by the hour? I mean, there's just so many different ways we approach our lives because we've been conditioned to conform. You can focus with intensity and get a lot done with your life. It just may be the wrong thing for you to focus on. I spent over a decade in the wrong work for me. I was misdirected but focused because I was stuffing down parts of who I am that hadn't been given permission to fully breathe. They hadn't been given permission from me. I'm the one who had to take that step and reject conformity. No one else can do that for you. Now listen, I don't reject conformity for the sake of having something or someone to be against. I wake up to learn who I am and enjoy being me. I have weird beliefs, practices, and thoughts. Weirdly, I believe my life is just getting started, even though culturally it would say I'm out of that 18 to 35 sweet spot and it's going downhill from here. I believe my best experiences are ahead of me. Uh, Even though I have children now that are in that age of 14, 12, and 10 where some would say, no, 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 it's all about their life now. It is a lot about their life, and I believe some of those best experiences include them, but some don't. And I believe a whole lot of other unmainstream things. But I make sure to build my team, company, and schedule around my weirdness. For the team to be healthy, it needs to be their weirdness also. Those differences create an energy. And then the communities, the teams, the families we build can be fun when they're growing in their own internal security and we embrace each other as they are. Listen, here's the second reason. As you know, I said, how are you going to do this? How are you going to, you know, learn who you are and embrace your weirdness? You're going to reject conformity. Second, and this is huge, and this is the most important reason you need to know your weirdness after you've rejected conformity to free yourself. The second thing Huge, here it is. Know your weirdness and how it makes others feel. 
See, the first reason is about your freedom. Reject conformity. The second reason is is about understanding your community. After I reject conformity, I need to learn where I'm going to push others away. You can take others into account without being driven by the pressure of others. See, this is how a wise life works. You're always navigating tensions. On one end, you want to reject conformity. On the other end, you want to be aware of how you come across to others. Seems like two polar opposing ideas, because they are. Navigating the tension is where wisdom is. So here's the thing. If you're unaware of how your weirdness overflows to others, you're handcuffed. See, I want to learn more and more about who I am and who others are so I can use that awareness well. I remember leading a meeting when I was 21, and there were hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. And a team member said, hey, when you say it like that, Chris, it's threatening. It sounds like if we don't do what you want us to, then it's your way or the highway. My insecurity caused my leadership to come across that way. I needed to be aware of that, just like I need to know when I have bad breath. I could be like, well, bad breath is what makes me me. No, (laughs) working on developing who I am takes care of the insecure things I do that push people unnecessarily away because there's always room for boundaries and intentionally pushing away people that don't need to be in your life. Let me say, it takes time to understand fully how you come across to people and how to be as impactful and strategic as possible. But change can happen. Reject conformity, but know your weirdness. Then you can enjoy being you and still build a great life without blindly pushing people away. As this year winds down, let's forget the shallow and fearful approach that pressures us to consider only new habits. New habits are great. But there's something deeper and more true and more explosive for your growth. Learn where you might be suppressing who you are. Build around that while paying attention to how it makes others feel. That's embracing your weirdness. And, you know, for some of you, if you've gone through the 12-week coaching or you've been around the podcast for a while and you're like, you kind of started this whole podcast learning who you are. And now you're ending this whole series you've been or closing this series down. i got a couple more episodes after this one. Closing this whole series down you've been doing on, on learning who you are again. It seems like you're just stating what you stated at the beginning. Well, it's like this. Last night, putting one of my daughters to sleep, I told her, we were talking and <clears throat> just wrapping up the day. And I think this is the new thing I'm going to start telling them at night. Um, you have unimaginable light inside of you. And so you have nothing to prove or hide. Like that's the first 12 episodes, what they're all about. And then I said, because there's unimaginable light inside of you and you have nothing to prove or hide, you'll find who you are by taking the next right step. Don't tolerate a life less than that and don't avoid the pain that will keep you from that life. So I'm reinforcing it. And I'm saying to you that if you're going to do it for the long haul, you're going to live out your mission with clarity. You're going to build community. You're going to learn to enjoy your weirdness and how to meet others where they are as much as you can. So happy spelunking. I feel like I'm just getting started. I've been doing this for years and uh, I continually learn to cultivate a wonder about who I am 
which overflows into me trying to uh, really get at this thing of mission, making awesome that actually helps people. And I know you want to live the same kind of life, so you can't just rush to mission and community. You got to learn who you are. Happy searching. Have an awesome day. Peace.